time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. All right, race fans, welcome to this edition of Southern Race Week Radio and Southern Race Week Podcast. As always, we appreciate you dialing in and turning us up and making sure that you get up to speed on everything you need to know. Now that the racing season for 2021 is kicking off, I, William Barber, a.k.a. WB, along with my crew chief, the man to the stars, ladies and gentlemen, Alfie, welcome back to 2021, baby. Hey, William Barber, glad to be back for episode number two of this brand new season of Southern Race Week Radio. Can you believe it? We are one week away from the running of the Great American Race at Daytona 500 a week from this weekend, William. I'm I'm telling you, I am ready to go. I ordered my chicken wings for Sunday. I am fired up. I went to um, to Sam's Club and got a whole container of ranch uh, dressing to dip it in. So I think I'm ready to go. So I'm, I'm fired up. There is a shortage of chicken wings. Did you hear about that? I heard about it. That's why I went ahead and ordered mine to make sure that I had them ready to go for next week. Don't don't go to the place that uh, Chase Elliott has as a sponsor because they won't let you order 200 chicken wings at a time because um, they apparently are scared they're going to run out. Hey, on this week's edition of Southern Race Week, Alfie, we got a jam-packed show. A little bit here, just a few minutes. You're going to catch up with Chase Elliott, man. How cool is that? Yeah, I had a chance to talk to him earlier this week after he was down in Dawsonville getting some special gifts commemorating his uh, championship season. So, uh, yeah, I had a chance to talk to him earlier this week, and I got that interview coming up here in in just moments. And then, too, uh, we're going to catch up with uh, Chip Weil, Daytona International President and uh, Big Dog in Charge. And then, of course, uh, next up, uh, Doug Turnbull, Fireball Doug Turnbull. You're going to catch up with him and – Talk about his – he is a pit reporter for PRN, but I, he's got some insight on Daytona as well. Oh, yeah. We'll talk a little bit about Daytona and preview the uh, season and get his thoughts on some of the new teams that will be joining this year. And then there's the silly season of driver signing contracts. We talked about uh, some of our uh, former uh, guests on the show signing some new deals, and now it looks like Gracie Trotter's going to be racing – a little bit of ARCA next year. You're going to catch up with her. That's right. She signed a 10-race deal with Venturini Motorsports. She was the first female to ever win an ARCA sanctioned event last year. In fact, last year we talked to her right after she got that victory in Las Vegas. So we'll get her thoughts on making her season debut uh, for Venturini in the ARCA series at Daytona next week. All right, let's kick it off. The NASCAR News You Can Use, presented by Food Depot. Alfie, 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 what do you have? What do you have? That's right. Earlier this week, uh, Mr. Barber had an opportunity to speak with Chase Elliott. He was presented with some nice uh, merchandise in uh, Dawsonville over the weekend. He received a, a championship ring and then also a gold replica uh, kind of die cast of his car and his thoughts of receiving all that stuff while in Dawsonville, Georgia. It was super cool. Uh, unfortunately, obviously, you know, didn't have the banquet this year. When you're when you're not the champion, I feel like no one wants to go. <laughs> um, but but when you when you do win, that is actually something you look forward to going to. So that was a bit of a bummer. But uh, to bring a event that is kind, I guess it was kind of like a banquet here to my hometown. I, I feel like is I don't know. It might be just as cool, if not better. So it's uh, and a great honor to to get the ring. I, I appreciate greatly Jim and and Mike. 
uh, for coming up here and, and for Rich and Stu and the guys from, from Goodyear to come and present that car. That, that's a, an amazing award and, and one that I know how much my dad has appreciated his over the years. And for that sole reason, kind of growing up and seeing that all the time, I think that is going to be one of the ones that I feel like will always be very memorable. So great night, not just for me, but, but this uh, Georgia Racing Hall of Fame and, and the folks that work here, what they've done to transform this building into a great representation of, of the history of Georgia, I feel like is really neat. And yeah, if anybody ever has a chance to come, I, I recommend it. There's a lot of things you'll learn that, that you didn't know. As a fan, I've taken a look at the schedule of the season. I'm really excited for the changes that NASCAR is doing more road course racing. I think is really exciting. Uh, different uh, venues, going to Nashville as well. So you, for yourself personally, as you look at the schedule, what jumps out at you and you're the most excited about doing this year as far as the schedule goes? Yeah, I mean, to me, the one that really sticks out the most is the dirt race at Bristol. I mean, I think that's the most different thing that we'll see all year, I guess. And I, I, that one to me is just there's a lot of unknowns with that. I've never seen cup race on dirt before. I guess it happened a long time ago, but it'll be interesting. I think there's just a lot of things about that weekend that are still kind of undecided and how the cars are going to race and drive on, on that surface. So don't know how it'll go, but I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Even though you're off-season in NASCAR, you did some racing on the side. You're in the Chili Bowl and also was a participant in the Snowball Derby as well. So tell me about your experience going to those two events. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, I haven't really spent a winter like this and, and racing this much ever, and, and especially not since I've been in the NASCAR world and kind of doing that thing. So it's been just a lot of fun. I, I've, I've had just a blast racing this winter, and I really want to do more of it moving forward. Uh, it's something that a lot of races that I've admired for many years that I kind of had hopes and wishes to compete in. And just the way this last year kind of unfolded before, like before the championship stuff, but I just had a lot of the right opportunities that I felt like just so happened to all come together at the same time. If one of those opportunities had come together, I would have done one or, you know, done the other, but they kind of just so happened to fall in the right places this past year to do, to do both, you know, the chili bowl and, and the Rolex and, and then go back to the snowball derby. So it was part of it was happenstance. Part of it was me putting a little more effort into wanting to do it and, and making it happen. Atlanta Motor Speedway this year is getting two races, March and, and July. You won a championship. You've accomplished a lot in your career as of now, but how important is it for you to win a race at Atlanta Motor Speedway? Yeah, that'd be great. It would be a, uh, a great place to win one for sure. I still, I still don't think I've won enough to start getting picky with races. So, you know, that road to number that first win was so rocky and, and tough for me that I just, I'm not sure I'll ever let myself pick and choose what races I, I want to win or not, but um, you want to win them all. But for me, that, you know, that, that would be a great accomplishment. Uh, Atlanta's a, a fun racetrack and a, you know, a racetrack I think a lot of the drivers admire going to. So it's a tough place. And not only is would it be cool because it's tough, but it is also home. So everybody wants to win at their home track and I'm no different. And I know there's a lot of controversy and talk about the repaving. Uh, you know, the, the track hasn't been repaved in a long time. And what are your thoughts on the track wanting to be repaved? Yeah, my, my opinion on this has changed. I, I was very anti-repaving for, for many years, or for the few years, I guess I was racing there, not many, but the few years I've been racing there, I've been very anti-repave. 
I just I feel like it's time, and I think the important thing is when they do repave it, don't mess it up because it's a great racetrack and it's a great layout. So just fix the surface. There's going to be some tough years where it's going to be hard to race on because of the new surface. But if I had a wish list, just don't change the configuration because you can mess up these mile and a halfs a lot quicker than you can make them better. So I just hope that somebody that makes that decision is listening and that they care about my opinion. But if not, that's okay too. So there you go. That is Chase Elliott. Had the opportunity to speak with him earlier this week. So, so grateful that he took the time to uh, talk to us yet again for another show here on Southern Race Week Radio. Looking forward to seeing him defend that uh, Cup Series championship here in 2021, William. This is Kim Kuhn from MRN, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your great racing station or your favorite podcast location. As always, we like to run over to the Food Depot hotline and pick up a guest that's going to bring some, 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 some credibility to the program, somebody that's going to bring some professionalism to the program, and somebody who is like me is a true University of Georgia boy. Ladies and gentlemen, the man of Daytona 500, the president, the track CEO, the head honcho, and the man, the myth, the legend. I'm talking about Chip Wild. Welcome to the program, sir. What's going on? Man, another day in paradise, man. How is it uh, going on in Daytona? You just decided to open up the track and just have a, a like a month and a half worth of all kind of craziness, man. Come on. Oh my gosh, it's, there's so much happening here. You know, we we obviously just uh, finished Rolex 24. What a great weekend for us with seven minutes left to go in the race. You got two cars battling uh, for the race lead. Pretty amazing. Uh, and it was just so awesome to have race fans back here in the in the stands watching world class racing around the uh, around the Daytona International Speedway. But uh, we're uh, we're now closed that that chapter and it opened up uh, the next one, which will be. Speed Weeks presented by Advent Health and then the road course. So we got a lot going on here at the Speedway. Yeah, the Daytona International Speedway. Going to kick off uh, more racing, but in the NASCAR style. Of course, you had a bunch of NASCAR boys uh, in the uh, Rolex 24, but they I heard a lot of them talking about um, getting that experience in the Rolex 24 because, like you said, right after the Daytona 500 weekend, we come right back to Daytona, where Daytona's road course is going to play another role in the date into into the nascar cup season yeah you know i think actually the biggest advantage of the entire speed week's uh, schedule is the the drivers that are going to be competing in the bush clash on tuesday night you know that that is exactly what they uh, are going to be running a week what a little bit over a week later for the road course weekend so those drivers that either won a stage or or sat on a pole or all the different criteria uh, to, to get into the Bush Clash, they're going to have a leg up on the rest of the competition. They're going to have an opportunity to run 35 laps to see what their car does, try some different setups. You know, the, the car is going to be different than last year. We're going to the 750 low downforce package. So a lot of the notes that they took over last summer when they were here racing the road course won't apply to this year's race. Um, but I, I think certainly being involved in the Bush Clash is going to give those guys a leg up, knowing that they're not going to get any practice the next next weekend before they fire off uh, on Sunday afternoon for the for the road course event. 
Chip Wild on the uh, Food Depot hotline here talking about Southern Race Week and uh, the race in action getting ready to uh, f- continue going at Daytona. Daytona, the the Great American Race. Uh, Chip, uh, you know, you've been the, the track president uh, of Daytona, you know, for uh, like four years and some change. Um, what has been the, the biggest thing that race fans have been telling you that have been coming into the grandstands and coming back to the track following the COVID situation? and everything um, just past weekend and, and everything with the Rolex? Well, I mean, I, I think people are just really grateful that, that they get to come to the racetrack. You know, I think we've all been living in this COVID world for almost a year now. And, you know, you, you, you realize what's important and the, and the things that you almost could, like, took advantage of uh, prior to, to last year. And I think the fact that we're bringing fans back safely to the racetrack is something that everybody recognizes. Uh, it takes a lot of work, um, but it's certainly worth it. You know, when we, when we talk to race fans, when they're sitting in their seats or they're walking through the gates, you know, they're very appreciative uh, of the opportunity to come to the Daytona International Speedway, but also see the, the things that we've really paid attention to to make sure that their visit is a safe one. Um, and, and that's been fun for us. You know, that's why we get up every day. We get up every day and come to work to put on these races for race fans to come enjoy. And uh, certainly, you know, not having them in the stands is, is weird. Um, having a limited number is better. Having a full is the best. Um, uh, but certainly being understanding the environment we're in right now, I think having a limited Limited number is better than nothing, and we're going to make every possible uh, opportunity to to ensure that they have the experience they deserve when they come. Uh, and the and the, the Daytona 500 lives up to the billing. It is our sport's biggest event. It is the most important uh, race on the planet, and we got to make sure that uh, that the Daytona 500, even though. Uh, there won't be 150,000 people on property, it's still the Daytona 500, and it's got to look and feel a certain way. And our team's working uh, overtime right now just to make sure that when fans show up next week, one, that they're safe, but also they get the experience they deserve. If you just join us here, this edition of Southern Race Week, talking with Chip Wild from uh, Daytona International Speedway. Chip, you know, uh, you're a graduate from the University of Georgia. We've had you on the show several times and watched you progress through the the management of, of racetracks and everything. Are there ever days that you just go, man, Daytona, just being the president of Daytona International Speedway is more than just being the president of a racetrack. You are a full-time event facility. You got motocross coming this year. Daytona's got it all for us. You're open 24 hours a day, it feels like. 365 days out of the year, pretty much, for tours and everything else. Yeah, and it, it, the day you, you, you uh, don't get that feeling when you walk into work, it's time for you to do something different. This place is, is so special to so many different people. You know, obviously NASCAR founded here. The France family lives here. Um, and, and to be a part of this, uh, of this organization truly has been the honor of my life. And to think that I've had an opportunity to work on or at two of the most iconic facilities in the world in Darlington Raceway and Daytona International Speedway um, is something that I'm really proud of. And, you know, I say this all the time, you know, without, without the people, it's just asphalt and, and concrete and, and fences. The people are what make these racetracks so special and so unique, and I can give them their personality. And I work 
work with the greatest team in the business, and they work so hard to ensure that every detail is buttoned up and that when fans come to the racetrack, they have an experience they'll remember for the rest of their life. And we share that common passion for what we do, and I think that's what makes working here so special. But, yes, to answer your question, it's a, it has truly been the honor of my life to be a part of this organization, to be a part of this racetrack and, and the things that, uh, that it's about. Chip, let me ask you this. Let's remind folks because I'm sitting here thinking, man, we've been talking for seven minutes and we haven't told people where to go to get tickets. <laughs> where do we send folks to get tickets? And will they be on the virtual side that, and all that good stuff for this year's uh, upcoming races starting off February the 9th? Yeah, I mean, you know, tickets obviously for the Daytona 500 were, were at capacity, but all the other events during Speed Weeks presented by Advent Health, we do have limited tickets still available. So starting Tuesday on the Bush Clash, all the way through Saturdays, it beef. It's what's for dinner 300, the Xfinity Series opener. Um, uh, so we go to DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com or by calling one of my teammates at 1-800-PIT-SHOP, 1-800-PIT-SHOP. Two great ways to make sure you don't miss the action starting next Tuesday night under the lights at the Daytona International Speedway. Now, I know that my notes here are not telling me that you're having the Great American Dog and Kennel Show, but apparently you've got pit bulls coming too. Yeah, announced yesterday that Pitbull is going to be our Grand Marshal. You know, he's, he's just announced, what, a couple of weeks ago that he is uh, taking owners, an ownership stake in one of the race teams and certainly excited about that. And uh, the fact that we're going to have him here is, is going to be fantastic. You know, he's he's an international superstar, and uh, he's he's a philanthropic guy. He's, um, he's He loves NASCAR. He loves everything about it. So for him to be our Grand Marshal, I, I promise you his delivery of the command will be something special. Uh, so we're thrilled to have him come be a part of our weekend. Having a Georgia boy being the NASCAR champion, how cool would it be to have him be the Daytona 500 champion for you this year? <laughs> well, it's fun to see what Chase has been able to do You know, in, in a very short period of time in his career. I'm certainly proud of him. I've known Chase, gosh, since he started driving in the trucks and um, and uh, you know been a good friend. And uh, he's been close. You know, he's down on the front row for a couple of Daytona 500s, and but just hasn't been there at the end. And he certainly uh, has has the ability to get get to victory lane. And this race is just so hard. You know, it, it's not just about what your car can do. It's about what other folks around here are going to help you do. And you got to prove that you're a good teammate. You know, and and, and, and good at working with somebody throughout the race. You're not going to leave him out to dry. you got to be in the right position with just a couple of laps, laps to go uh, in order to have an opportunity to win the Daytona 500. So uh, he just hasn't been in that position, but it'd be really cool to see him do it. You know, obviously, I, I don't care who wins the race. I, I, I truly want it to be all about uh, an entertaining experience for our race fans. Um, you know, super speedway racing is just so exciting. The edge of your seat every time they get on the racetrack because you don't know what's going to happen um, anybody that comes to uh into the garage and is entered in the daytona 500 has an equal chance to win it's just about being in the right place at the right time with the right help and uh and anybody can get to, to victory lane well chip listen we sure do appreciate your time today man and uh have fun and uh tell your daughter happy birthday belated birthday to us uh, Stan, just had a birthday yeah had a birthday on sunday it's uh 
such a tough time of year um, just with all the things going on. But I did get home in time Sunday night for pizza and cake, so that was good. And and uh, we'll take a deep breath this week and gear up for another, what, six weeks of action at the Speedway. I'm Adam Alexander, part of the NASCAR coverage on Fox Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to another week of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie as we continue with a brand-new episode as we get closer and closer to the running of the Great American Race. The Daytona 500 coming up as Speed Weeks kicks off on Tuesday. Let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in turn announcer for the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Doug Turnbull. <laughs> I never get over that, man. How you doing? Woo, Mr. Turnbull. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Summer Race Week Radio, sir. Hopefully everything is going well with you. Hey, it's going well with you. How are you doing? Getting fired up here, my friend. I'm sure you are as fired up as I am for another uh, Cup season as we kick things off with Daytona in uh, just a matter of days. Speed Week's kicking off on Tuesday with the Clash, and then Sunday, the running of the Great American Race, uh, the Daytona 500. I'm really excited for the 2021 schedule. As I look at it, different venues, more road course racing, dirt at Bristol, Doubleheader at Dover yet again. Looking at the schedule for 2021, what are you most excited about seeing uh, new here in 2021? Well, I mean, there's so much new to talk about and be excited about. So I, it's, it's hard to pick one thing. I think overall what I'm excited about is that NASCAR, after years of stagnation and saying, well, we're doing this because this is the way it's been done or it's too hard to – to, we've had too many uh, moving parts and pieces to really rip up the schedule and look at it differently. They started making a move before the coronavirus outbreak, all kind of covertly, to see how they could radically shake up the schedule and get some more exciting racing, some new venues, new markets, that kind of thing. And then the coronavirus hits, and then they were forced to do some of that just to make all 36 races in 2020 happen in the Cup Series and, and the other series, but were able to be pulled off also. So, I mean, it, what I'm excited about is that they were they they had an open mind, then they were forced to have an even more open mind, and they came up with a 2021 schedule. Frankly, really late in the going in 2020 compared to past years. And suddenly, although it, and, and these things don't all have to be good, but I'm, I'm intrigued more than excited. Bristol Dirt Race, right? Yeah. You're going to Road America for the first time in the Cup Series. Circuit of the Americas, first time any NASCAR series is traveling there. And, and the Cup cars get to run well, on, the, on the Formula One track in Austin, Texas, as opposed to on the mile-and-a-half surface of Texas Motor Speedway, which now has the All-Star Race instead of Charlotte, right? Uh, and so they, they get to kill, still keep two dates. And then, and then looking, uh, the NASCAR turned into Nashville. I think most people wanted to see Nashville Fairgrounds be hosting the cup race. They're not close to doing that yet, but they were able to resurrect Nashville Super Speedway, which is a unique kind of track. It's not just a regular mile-and-a-half track. So it's, it is a bigger track, but it's, I'm just excited to see how all of that plays out. And what I want, if I, if I had a request, it's let's not get super hype about everything and let's be willing to call the baby ugly if it doesn't work this year so 2022 could look even better. Speaking with Doug Turnbull here, the Performance Racing Network on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Doug, as we get set for the Daytona 500, always question marks because this race is one of those wild card races. You're going to see guys that you normally might see in the back of the pack up front and those up in the front back in the pack. So it's hard to kind of, you know, make a prediction or or, or even try to pick a winner, but who who do you like so far as as we get ready for the Daytona 500? Do you have a a favorite in mind? The the most quixotic thing you could do is try to pick an actual winner of the Daytona 500 before any laps have run. 
There are a group of, however, of cup drivers, and it's and it's really even hard for the lower series ride the truck in the Xfinity because so there's so much change in those series. But you look at Denny Hamlin, not just because he's won the last two Daytona 500s, but as I heard Dale Jr. say on NBCSN on their NASCAR preview special this past week, Denny Hamlin is always in the thick of things coming to the checkered flag in a plate race or a super speedway race, as they're called now. They don't have plates anymore. Uh, Brian Blaney, his only win. In fact, his last two cup wins have both been at Talladega. Uh, Ryan Blaney almost has won the 500 multiple times as well, right, including the infamous Ryan Newman crash last year. So, I mean, those are two guys just right off, barely off the top of my head. You can't count out Chase Elliott. He seems to find a way to the front. Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski seem to always find ways to the front. Really what I'm more – so here I am picking a bunch of people, right? And, of course, someone random could come from the back and do it. It always happens that way. Ryan Newman, God bless him, he's, he often finds a way toward the front of these plate races. And I, I just want to say one thing, though. Tony Stewart never got that Daytona 500 win, did he? Mark Martin never got that Daytona 500 win, did he? And now you have a prolific two-time champ and Kyle Busch who is entering his 17th series <laughs> Uh, a season in the Cup Series, and he has not won the Daytona 500, and he's come close multiple times. Kyle Busch has other monkeys he's trying to get off his back after a lousy year last year. There's no doubt he has the ability to win a plate race, but he's not usually in that top group of drivers you think of. So can the 18 team do it? Now, another exciting aspect of the season is new teams. We've got some new teams, new owners. What for you are you looking forward to seeing as far as a team and driver team combination, you know, work out? Well, I mean, I think the most eyes, the biggest but you know the the most competitive of the new teams, no doubt, will be the 2311 or the 23 XI as it's written racing team of Hamlin and Jordan. Uh, I think we need to point out. I think Michael Jordan is a financier and a branding <laughs> part of that team. I know he's going to be on different calls and stuff. He's not the guy that's walking around the shop and making sure they're buying shocks. Okay, like he's <laughs> he's not like Michael Jordan is is a big branding driver, one of the top brands in the world, and that's huge to have in the sport. Denny Hamlin, I think, is the one that really had the vision on that team and then the people he put right under him to manage that. Uh, so I, so just I, I'm actually more intrigued by Denny Hamlin, the team owner, in a way than I am Michael Jordan, just because Hamlin is the one that's handling the operation. But Bubba Wallace being their driver, him finally getting a shot, really his best shot to be competitive in all three series. I think this could be a potential better fit for him than Kyle Busch Motorsports was in the truck series. He didn't have a good run with Roush in the Xfinity. And, of course, in Cup, he was only with Richard Petty Motorsports, a mid-pack team at best. But what the expectations for them, I was just thinking about this today and preparing to talk to you, Alfred. Um, they, the expectation for him, if they were to win a race and be in the playoffs, I think that's actually pretty lofty. I don't think we need to start going, oh, well, he's good for three or four wins this year. He, Bubba Wallace still has a lot to learn and driving a cup car, and his stats back that up as a driver, not as a team performance. So, but, but I think he's in a great opportunity there, and he's already become one of the bigger uh, household names in NASCAR outside of fans of the sport. So I, I, Bubba Wallace I'm excited about. The Pitbull Trackhouse Racing Team, that's a huge question mark. Justin Marks is the big operator on that team. They're a Childress satellite team. Childress has not been a super speedy operation in the last couple of years, but they do have Daniel Suarez driving, and Suarez – after having just a, a terrible year and a really overtaxed Gaunt Brothers racing team, trying to put his career back together. So that should be fun to watch. And, and I'm, I'm happy, too, that B.J. McLeod and Matt Tift are making an effort with their new Live Fast racing team. I don't expect them to be 
really a top 30 team necessarily, but they're all three of those teams we mentioned are really building the ground now to be better later. Now, uh, Doug, you obviously do a great podcast. I'm a big fan of and enjoy listening to. So, uh, and I know you're starting back up with your podcast as well. So if our listeners want to keep up with NASCAR news from uh, Doug Turnbull and everyone at the performance racing network, where can they go to get their hands on that great podcast? <laughs> Man, I'd love to see someone get their hands on a podcast. That'd be amazing. What <laughs> yeah, that would be different. Vinyl, yeah. a CD, a tape, I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's the it's 5 to Go Racing podcast. So Performance Racing Network, where I get to do some announcing, like you mentioned. And then uh, the podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to eventually get to put some other places, too. I keep saying that. But those are the places you can get the 5 to Go Racing podcast with Chase Elliott's uncle and master mechanic, Dan Elliott, and then uh, my fellow WSB co-worker and talk show host, Eric Von Hessler. Mr. Turnbull, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. We'll talk to you again down the road, my friend, and good luck to you. And I'm sure we'll be hearing your voice pretty soon on long, uh, the PRN radio stations that carry a NASCAR. In the pits in Atlanta in March. Can't wait. Good yeah. to be with you, Mr. Romero. Hey, this is Jamie McMurray, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie, and also thanks for tuning in to the Southern Race Week podcast as well, available every Monday on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud as we continue with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. As we count down the days, Speed Weeks kicking off on Tuesday but many of the events that are be taking place during Speed Weeks will be the Arca Menards Series race at Daytona. And one of the participants in that race joins us right now on the Food Depot hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, she drives for Venturini Motorsports. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Miss Gracie Trotter. Miss Trotter, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you are doing well. Doing great, staying busy, trying to get everything done before heading to Daytona. So I'm actually about to head over to Venturini here soon and going to get one last time sitting in the seat, making sure all the mirrors are good. I'm going to talk over to the crew chief about our plan and our goals for the race. So um, I'm just ready to get down there, ready to head to Florida. So I'm pumped. Yeah, you sound excited. The last time you were on the program, you had won at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, the bullring there. You were the first female driver to win an Arkham and Art Series sanctioned event. We were on the program, discussed that. Really impressed with your poise uh, after that interview. I, after talking to you that last time, I became a, Drace, a, a Gracie Trotter fan. Very excited for seeing what the future holds for you. Tell me about this deal with Venturini Motorsports. You have a 10-race deal with those guys. So tell me what it was like in the negotiation process and uh, making this deal go down. Yeah, it's kind of like a last-minute thing. And I, So for those who don't know, I've been a part of the Toyota Race and Development Program since the end of 2016. So Toyota's been a huge part in my career and helping me race today. If it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't be racing right now. So at the end of the year, we, we weren't really sure uh, what was available to go do for the 2021 season. And then last minute, spot open with Venturini and we were only supposed to do five races but then fortunately we could add a little five more so we're doing 10 total races and the 25 car for five of the races with Kevin Reed as a crew chief and then the rest of the races we're doing in the 15 car with Billy Venturini and Kevin Reed Jr. Um, as a crew chief on on that car so uh, we have Daytona will be the first race and then Talladega, Phoenix we're doing some of the shorter track stuff like Milwaukee Mile, Berlin, and Toledo so 
definitely going to be a fun year. I got some really great guys behind me. I have Mike Herman Jr. spotting for me this year. So I kind of have asked for better people for this season. Now, Venturini Motorsports is a big name in the motorsports world. So many drivers have come in and out of those cars. So what is it like for you to kind of continue in that tradition that they have over there at Venturini Motorsports? Yeah, it's awesome. Like my first year in ARCA last year, uh, which was out on the West Coast, I got to be with Bill McAnally Racing. And um, as everyone knows, he's the best on the West for the ARCA cars out there. Um, and getting to come to race for Venturini on the East Coast back home, it's nice being home and uh, seeing all Venturini's success in the past 70 years of ARCA racing. It's really cool. Big Bill, Billy, they have it all going on over there. So getting to race for, for them, they have several wins. They won Daytona last year. I'll be in the same car that won Daytona last year, the same crew chief. So I have a lot of pressure you say but i'm not too worried about it i have kevin reed and mike herman like i said you know they're going to be making all the calls all i'm going to do is listen to what they got to say stay on that bottom line and try to not make any moves and you know hopefully we'll we'll come out on top speaking with gracie trotter here part of mentorini motorsports as we continue talking to her here on southern race week radio as we get set for uh, daytona you mentioned it a couple of times and i can see how excited you are to get to daytona get in the car and uh, take it for a couple of laps around the famed Daytona International Speedway. So tell me your thoughts as you prepare yourself. What do you do here over the next few days to get fired up and prepared to get in the car and uh, fire those engines? Yeah, so I'm actually going to be heading down there a little bit early. I'm hoping to make the ARCA race down at New Smyrna. So I've also been watching a lot of footage. I was actually in the stands for the past two ARCA races at Daytona. I've been re-watching those races on YouTube, seeing what guys are doing, seeing how they play out throughout the race. Also, another thing my dad told me, he's like, go back and watch Denny Hamlin's first cup race at Daytona. See what he did, and you could also hear his radio chatter on there, too. And their whole goal and plan was to ride that yellow line, don't make any moves. I think he started 17th and ended up finishing fourth just by doing that, just by riding that yellow line and staying patient because that's that's a huge thing at super speedways that i've been told is you just got to be patient and you know not get yourself in trouble so going into this race that that is my plan now these 10 races you have with mentorini i mean obviously this is kind of like a tryout for you an opportunity for you to get some laps in and and for these guys to, to see what you can do and also an opportunity for other teams to kind of see what you can do in the arkham menard series so how are you going to take these 10 races uh, as far as expectations, your goals, what do you want out of these 10 races with uh, Venturini? Yeah, just kind of like last year racing on the West Coast, I never had been to any of those racetracks before. Uh, They were all short track stuff, so it was kind of like, it was kind of similar to, you know, the late model stock and super late model stuff that I've always raced has always been short track. So this year I'm going to super speedways, going to mile and a half tracks, and all these racetracks, never been to before either. So um, this year, I'm going in just like I did last year and, and learning all I can for the future uh, because I don't know, you know, I've never drafted before. I've never really felt arrow before. I mean, the biggest track I went on last year was Gateway, which is a mile and a quarter. So going to Daytona from that is a is a huge step. So this year, you know, my plans are to take everything I can, learn from it, go on from each race, have a bad day or a good day. You learn from it and go on to the next one. And uh, like I was saying, I have some really great guys around me and just going to listen to what they have to say and and learn all I can. I'll 
learn the word learn is I'm probably going to say that a million times this year. <laughs> um, so, but I said the same thing last year and we ended up getting my first win in ARCA. So I believe that we can go win this year too. Well, we're excited to see what comes of your career. Gracie Trotter, everything kicks off for you. The season opener, Daytona International Speedway, Saturday, February 13th. And she'll be driving 10 races for Venturini Motorsports here in 2021. Now, Ms. Trotter, if our fans want to follow you on social media and keep up with what's going on with you and your career, where can they go to uh, keep up with you? Yeah, I have a Facebook page called Gracie Trotter Racing. My Instagram and Twitter handles are Gracie Trotter 11. And also my website, GracieTrotter.com. You can catch news on there. And also I'm selling my merchandise on there. So get you a T-shirt on my website. And hopefully see y'all on TV uh, next Saturday. Hi, this is Justin Ashley, 2020 NHRA Rookie of the Year, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to uh, this edition of Southern Race Week uh, Radio and Southern Race Week Podcast. I, William Barber, a.k.a. my friends call me WB. This is Alfie sitting high atop his pit box. Alfie, man, I'm telling you what, a jam-packed show again this week, bro. Yeah, yes, it was. And if you missed any of it or want to hear it all over again, well, you can check it out on the Southern Race Week podcast, which will be available for you on Monday on now iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Just go to any of those respective places. Go to the search and type in Southern Race Week, and we'll be right there. Not only the couple of shows that we've done here in Season 2, but all of the episodes from Season 1 of the Southern Race Week podcast is all available for you there on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, Mr. Barber. Now, before I remind you who all we had on today's show, I want to remind you now that Southern Race Week Radio and Southern Race Week period has been around for a lot longer than two years. I mean, Alfred, we've been around for... Oh, yeah, yeah, but just the podcast, just the podcast. Just the podcast side has been around for two years. But, uh, you know, I'm old, Alfie's young, but we've been around racing a long time. I mean, we got 20-year relationships with, you know, with racetracks like Atlanta Motor Speedway, Garland Motor Speedway, Darlington, you name it, 20-plus year relationships with these folks. So, once again, thanks to our guest, Chase Elliott, for stopping by the show, Chip Wild from Daytona International Speedway, Doug Turnbull, Fireball, for talking with us this week, and Gracie Trotter talking about her ride on the ARCA series. And, hey, next week we're going to have another jam-packed show. Thanks to Food Depot Grocery Stores. Alvin, this has been another great show, and I thank you, brother. You are the best producer to the stars. Thank you very much, WB, and looking forward to being with you again next week. All right, until next week, y'all. Y'all can check us out on Facebook anytime, facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. Until next time, y'all have a great week.